Hi, folks. Thank you for listening to Conversations with the Polyamorist Next Door. I'm your host and your friendly neighborhood polyamorist, Hannah Ramirez. Today on the podcast, we are going to discuss what polyamory is and what it isn't, and who's practicing it and why. So in today's modern world, monogamy is the norm. When you tell someone you're married or you have a boyfriend or girlfriend, most people are going to assume that you're monogamous with that person. But monogamy isn't the only relationship structure out there. Polyamory, often shortened to poly, is another option that is becoming more and more popular and accepted. The number of people in North America alone that identify as polyamorous is on the rise, especially in urban areas. Research suggests that approximately 4-5% to of individuals are currently involved in some sort of consensually non-monogamous relationship, which would include polyamory. So what the heck is polyamory? Simply put, it is having more than one romantic or intimate relationship at once, with the informed consent of all people involved. And I know with all the fairy tale stories we grew up with, you might ask a question like, but isn't that the same thing as cheating? Like, if you're sleeping with multiple people, what's the difference? Let me emphasize that part about consent. Poly relationships are not a form of cheating. By definition, everyone involved in this open relationship knows about everyone else, and they've chosen to be in this sort of relationship. They've given consent. So polyamorous relationships are built around integrity, consent, and communication, unlike cheating, which involves lying and hiding things and guilt. Polyamory also differs from other forms of consensual monogamy, such as swinging, in that it's not only about sex. Where swinging is about having recreational sex with others outside of your established partnership while still maintaining emotional monogamy with that partner, polyamory allows for all aspects of a normal relationship to be experienced with more than one partner at a time. So poly relationships can be fully realized relationships on their own. One cool thing about poly relationships is that it's not a one-size-fits-all sort of deal. How individuals arrange them varies a lot. It may be that one person is partnering with multiple people and that they, all of these relationships are separate from each other. Or perhaps a couple is dating a third person together. That's known as a triad. A quad would be two couples dating each other. My husband and I have a primary secondary style poly relationship. So my husband is my primary partner and we have been married for 10 years and Polly for three. I have a secondary partner, my boyfriend of two years, and my husband also has a secondary partner of a few months. All right, so if I haven't lost you yet, you may be thinking to yourself, but why the heck would anyone want to be polyamorous in the first place? Don't people get jealous and freak out? The simple answer to that is that people choose polyamory for different reasons, and yes, jealousy does still come up because, alas, We are all only human. But let's elaborate on each of those points. While researching for this podcast, I joined a local polyamory Facebook group and started asking questions. What I learned is that for many folks, poly just felt more natural to them. Like having the ability to connect on a deeper level with more than one person at a time, they felt more like themselves in this style of relationship. For others, this kind of relationship worked because they found that one person maybe didn't fulfill all of their needs and that's okay. 
In an article titled, Three People Reveal Why Polyamorous Relationships Work for Them, one woman put it this way. Quote, one partner may be less vocally affectionate, but very affectionate physically, and another partner could be the reverse. Instead of expecting one person to step up and change to meet my needs, I could have other partners that provide that nurturance through a variety of ways, end quote. This reminded me of a quote from the well-known psychotherapist Esther Perel. She says, quote, in monogamy, we come to one person and we basically are asking them to give us what once an entire village used to provide. Give me belonging, give me identity, give me continuity, but give me transcendence and mystery and awe all in one. Give me comfort, give me edge, give me novelty, give me familiarity, end quote. For many people I talked to, polyamory was a smarter choice for them in fulfilling their emotional and physical needs and desires. For others, polyamory works well for those that are attracted to both men and women. I can relate to this in my marriage as my husband came out as bisexual to me after we had been married for a few years. After a lot of discussion, and I mean a lot of discussion, my husband and I decided to open our marriage so that we could explore that side of his sexuality and I could also have new experiences as well, while still maintaining a strong relationship between each other. With concern to my own marriage, when I first started researching for this podcast, I wanted to answer the question, can polyamorous relationships be sustainable long-term? After researching the topic and speaking with several people in the Poly Facebook group, something that was immediately clear was yes. People have had varying degrees of success with poly relationships, some lasting from a few years to three to four decades and beyond, much like monogamous ones. I felt that I had immediately answered my research question. Polyamorous relationships can obviously be sustainable long-term, just as monogamous ones can. They all require the same things, quality time, communication, mutual respect, and a desire to be together. They, all of those things contribute to the survivability of monogamous and poly relationships. But the answer to this question gave way to more questions. Is there something else that is needed that contributes to the success of a relationship, specifically a poly one? One research study suggested that those in polyamorous relationships, specifically primary secondary type, which I myself am in, have been socially stigmatized and have often been met with a lack of support from friends or family when it comes to their secondary partners. While several of the people I spoke with were, quote, out and proud about their poly lifestyle, several others I spoke with said that they didn't feel comfortable telling their family about their choice to be polyamorous for fear of judgment or rejection from them. I asked if they believed their degree of openness, or lack thereof, played into the sustainability of their relationships. One person responded by saying this, I do think that being able to be open and honest about my relationships has played into why they've been as strong as they are. No one has to feel like a dirty little secret. Another person responded by saying, the biggest challenge has been that people don't always take my relationships seriously and they just assume I'm looking for hookups. Support from family and friends is often taken for granted in monogamous relationships. 
Among those interviewed, they indicated that they were craving acceptance, but also fearing judgment from others. Anecdotally, there seems to be a connection between the survivability of polyamorous relationships and the level of openness to and acceptance from one's safety net. With poly on the rise and the internet creating space for people to be more open about who and how they love, this could indicate that a future is coming where openness and support are as readily available to poly relationships as to monogamous ones. Poly couples talking about their relationships with non-poly folks is one way of working toward normalizing the lifestyle. It's important to be exposed to different perspectives, I think, different relationship structures, in order to learn what's right for us and understand that there's no one right way for everyone. It's more interesting when we're all a little bit different. The final thing I want to touch on is jealousy. To non-poly folks, polyamory may seem like a recipe for jealousy and hurt feelings. It's absolutely true that poly couples experience jealousy from time to time, but they often deal with it in a different way than those in non-poly relationships might. One person put it this way, quote, polyamory has helped me grow as a person. If I feel jealous, I sit and I really dig into my psyche to figure out why. And once I have, then I can start to work through it instead of using that jealousy to control my partner or lash out at them, end quote. Jealousy provides us with an opportunity to reflect on our boundaries and our beliefs and discuss those with our partners or partner. For my husband, my boyfriend, and I, we try not to hide the fact that we are feeling jealous when it comes up from time to time. We give each other that space to vocalize our emotions and identify what the source of the jealousy might be. Personally, I know that I feel more jealous or insecure when I haven't had as much time with my husband or my boyfriend as I would like, so I'm feeling really disconnected from them, and I just need time with them and reassurance. By being honest about this, it gives my partners that opportunity to reassure me that there is more than enough love to go around. I know for me, being poly has helped me become a better communicator and a more emotionally connected person to everyone around me beyond just my partners. My goal here with this episode is not to convince you to become non-monogamous. I really just hope I've encouraged you to be open-minded and supported supportive of choices that make people happy, even if those choices don't follow a social norm. If I could leave you with anything, it would be this quote from Dr. Anna Paul, a clinical psychologist and an expert in the study of polyamory. She says, there is no evidence that monogamy or polyamory is better than the other in terms of relationship longevity, happiness, health, sexual satisfaction, or emotional intimacy. For some individuals, monogamy is a better choice. For others, polyamory is a better fit. If you're not sure what would work for you, I suggest you find out before you get involved in a committed relationship, since compatibility is the name of the game. Go with what feels best to you and your partner. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a great day.